0: It's time for the WCW Monday Nitro Main Event of the Evening. This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. But as Donald Trump hangs onto to the top of the Trump plaza with his family under his other arm, as they sink to the bottom of the sea, Thank God, Donald Trump, a Hulkamaniac! I yeah. Inside panel to so get me off! Yeah!
1: The new heavyweight champion of the world has been crowned! Sting has upset Ripclair! Put
0: well, everybody in here to take a good long look at this crap I'm in. Oh, my new name is Seven, by the way, so... They've dressed me up like Uncle Fester. And I don't mind telling you, I was wearing... $600 custom-made lizard shoes and a $13,000 Rolex!
1: Welcome to the Main Event Podcast. Clint Schweitzer and Noah are here. And I'll tell you what, Noah, if you're anything like me, during this time of quarantine, you've been dialed into the WWE Network. I've been going down rabbit holes that you wouldn't even believe from random old Clash of the champions to uh, random WWF pay-per-views from the, the early nineties. I'll tell you, I've circled the wagons here. What have you been watching? I know that you've gotten into some uh, WCW pay-per-views and nitros from around 97, 98. Is that what's keeping you alive during this? The WWE network is saving lives, man. Is it not? It,
2: absolutely. It is. I mean, I've got nothing else to do here. Just some podcasts and outside of what we're, what we do here it's the WWE Network and going back and watching the great Nitros and Thunders and pay per views of my youth. And yeah, catching up on some old La Parca matches that I missed out on Super Colos, Psychosis, Juventude Guerrera, AKA Hoovi Juice. I'm all for the cruiserweights and the luchadores. That's where my money stays in plays.
1: Well, our money's going to stay in play with this topic because we're going to be welcoming a huge wrestling fan and uh, former Pittsburgh Steeler legend, LaVon Kirkland is going to be joining us to talk about his wrestling fandom. He goes way back to the Crockett Promotions days of the NWA. And uh, there's a famous picture floating around there of uh, he, uh, Scott Hall, uh, Triple H, Paul Levesque, um, and Mr. Fuji, as well as Kevin Green. So we're going to talk to him about sort of football players getting involved. We'll talk to him about, like, you know, Lawrence Taylor, who wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow, at WrestleMania 11, just kind of the whole idea behind that. Noah, what's your take? Because to me, I think that it's a pretty simple concept when you bring... Someone from uh, the NFL or the NBA, you bring them into this kind of environment, into wrestling. Wrestling's a hard gig. It's hard to train for. It's hard to learn how to take bumps. It's hard to get into that mindset. But if you can do it, if you can get in there, it adds a whole nother level of audience, another set of eyes. Get on the product. You think about Lawrence Taylor and Baby Bigelow, people from the NFL, uh, Steve Mungo, McMichael wound up wrestling, or uh, Kevin Green. Levon Kirkland was a huge fan. He should have been a wrestler at one point. William Perry at WrestleMania 2 and some of the Chicago Bears. Is this an element that you enjoy about wrestling, or do you think that it's a line that shouldn't really be crossed?
2: I like it. It brings, uh, like you said, new eyes to the product. Uh, people that are just football fans or basketball fans or boxing fans. As uh, There's Carl uh, Malone and Dennis Rodman uh, were there for a little bit. And uh, Mike Tyson and Floyd Midweather had stints with the WWE. And so, uh, it, like you said, it brings new eyes on it. I mean, Bill Goldberg and The Rock were former football players as well. And so I like it as a one-off, just trying to get the new eyes. But then you got the Mongos, Goldberg, Rock, the people that – Really make it their second career and uh, are big in this business. Of, and Goldberg and The Rock and Mongo had a nice run there uh, with the Four Horsemen and uh, bringing Kevin Green in. Uh, that was part of his kind of storyline, welcoming Kevin Green into the business. And those kind of guys, when they're it's a one-off, yeah, they only have like one or two moves. It's not the best in-ring wrestling, but the buildup to it. It brings a lot. The buildup is huge, but then you see them in the ring and they're just doing lariats the whole time or, or football moves, tackles and, and stuff like that. So the in-ring wrestling isn't, that's not what it's about. It's about the electricity, the newness of it, the uniqueness of it, something different. And, uh, for those in the one-offs, I really like.
1: No, I'm definitely with you there. That's, that's interesting. And what, what are your thoughts on and we talked about some of the football players, but Carl uh, Malone and um, Dennis Rodman, because Rodman had been kind of in, in, in and around WCW for a while. He came in with Hogan, did a few things, a few spots, didn't wrestle, but at uh, Bash to the Beach 97, he wrestled for the first time in a tag team match with Hulk Hogan. Then, of course, the next year, it's Carl um, Malone and Diamond Dallas Page versus Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan, and that got on The Tonight Show. That made the mainstream press, that's where it goes to your talking about, about the idea of so many people being involved, so many people applying for credentials and, uh, you know, photographers that were there from all over the place wanting to do this. And in the case of Malone and Rodman, <laughs> they were playing each other in the NBA finals just a few weeks before this match. That's incredible. And, I mean, Eric Bischoff has gone on record to have said, you know, I told them because I can't, you know, you don't want to be caught in some collusion deal. But hey, if you guys have a chance and uh, you know you want to throw some elbows or go at it while you're playing in the finals, knowing this match is going to happen, do it. It'll just ramp up the electricity. And it worked. And I thought it was great. And I thought both guys did a good job in the ring. Uh, honestly, Rudman would show up hang- hungover, but he, the camera light would roll and he would be on it. And Carl Malone worked with DDP. They got him ready. And I thought it was great. And I think that those two guys uh, really did a great job in particular.
2: Yeah, I mean, I was interested just because of how tall they were, like how that would work out. Like, and they're not just they're not used to the ring and the wrestling moves and just I was worried that they would be stiff in there, is not comfortable in the business, not knowing how to uh, perform in the ring and like you said, but all the eyes on it and being on the Tonight Show and just seeing like family members that don't watch wrestling, they're watching the Tonight Show and they're getting introduced to it, they're getting it's being talked about. I like that that more people got to know the business, and got in, introduced to the business through that. And like you said, the match was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't great. It's not like uh, flares in there or anything. It's uh, you, you could tell that they're not comfortable in there. It's Rodman and Carl Malone. But as far as people in the ring and the one-offs, they did a great job, and I loved it. And like you said, I couldn't believe uh, when I heard that, that Bischoff was trying to get them to go at it in the finals a little bit, uh, knowing that they had this match come off, uh, come up that – Man, could you imagine if they pulled off a diamond cutter in the NBA Finals? Gar Malone diamond
1: cuts Dennis Rodman on the floor. It would have been great, and uh, pay-per-view buy rates were through the roof when that happened. There's definitely some hits and misses. A lot of people didn't um, enjoy Steve Michael's in-ring work. They just thought he never really did very a very good job. But um, LeVon Kirkland's a guy that, man, he was... a uh, had, went to the Super Bowl with the Steelers in 1996, and he was uh, one of the great outside linebackers there for, uh, for many years for the Steelers. And so he is a lifelong wrestling fan. He's got some great stories. So we want to go ahead and bring him on right now.
0: You know, it was the time we played in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Thirty, and it's a Tuesday. And Kevin Green, the, Kevin Green told me, like, hey, man, you want to go to this, I, I guess they had a Bass WCW, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm like a big-time wrestling fan. So, yeah. So, we, me, him, and Rick Burkholder, who is the Kansas City Chiefs head trainer. Yeah. We hop on this plane, and we fly to Vegas from Phoenix to Vegas. And we're, we got backstage passes and everything. Oh and this God. is before Triple H was Triple H. I mean, Razor was Razor. And uh, Mr. Fuji, and we decided to take a picture. Kevin and I, man, I, I look like a big geek, man, because I had my glasses on, and, <laughs> and I was kind of a fanboy. So I knew everybody, and I knew like, some of the background history of some of the people. So it was real cool, good experience. And that's when Kevin kind of made his debut. But I, I was like, man, I probably know more about wrestling than Kevin does. But Kevin was a star at the time. And it was really cool to bear witness to that moment. So
1: yeah, it's a classic picture. It really is. Uh, it's it's awesome. I I mean, this is around the time, um, right around the time Lawrence Taylor wrestled Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean, Kevin Green yeah. would wrestle for WCW later Reggie on. Reggie White, Reggie yeah. White was in a. Yeah, Ken Norton and a bunch of guys. Yeah. What, what what was it? Were were you ever contacted, or were you ever thought about uh, you know being involved in that uh, that Lawrence Taylor match? There was a bunch of guys. But Michael, well, Steve but Michael was there. Yeah, well, I was a little younger then, so but I did
0: have an opportunity. I went to a uh, I went to a wrestling event, and one time I asked a guy in the ring and waved to the fans in Pittsburgh. But I was able to meet Vince McMahon and Jr. and all those guys. And I don't know if they were serious or not, but they were just like, "Hey, man, when are you getting into the ring? We you getting into the ring?" <laughs> <laughs> Met Stephanie. He, she took a picture of me in The Rock. And it was, um, you know, I was supposed to go back. And I really seriously thought about it. I talked to Hulk Hogan about it at one time at the Super Bowl. Wow. And I thought, I thought about it. And then, you know, I was getting older as a player. And I'm like, man, do I want to take those bumps. And I just, <laughs> and I just got married. And uh, sometimes I'm like, man, maybe I should have at least tried. You know, it wouldn't have mattered if it was a big-time career, but at least tried.
2: Well, yeah, talk about that. What do you think about Kevin Green wrestling and, of course, Steve Mungo-McMichael who kind of made a, a second career out of it and uh, guys like Dennis Rodman Carmelone Carl Malone got involved as well?
0: Uh, I thought, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, we grow up with the sport. You know, being in South Carolina, man, NWA, you just, you know, you just couldn't miss it. It's one of the things that you watch. And I think a lot of guys who are athletes in whatever arena wants to, they want to try something else like acting or music or, you know, wrestling. I mean, yeah, it's a – I think wrestling is probably one of the things you can probably relate to a little bit. And it was kind of cool to see those guys do it. It really was. Those guys are big stars, man. It was was good to see them. But a lot of people would tell me, man, you have – you probably have the promo material to do it. So (laughs) – and that was really the most important part. I mean, it was just, yeah, you know – if a guy could talk, that's what you kinda of waited for. I you, you watch those old NWA uh, studio uh programs and it was always exciting and I look back on them now on YouTube and really it's not the wrestling that kind of <laughs> is the greatest thing. It's more so the promos. So, you know, I've always enjoyed, still enjoys it. is I love watching it. It's great. Well,
1: great. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, we actually brought this up. We, uh, we met Kevin Green a few years ago. He was at, at uh, Mizzou's Pro Day scouting. Uh, I think Charles Harris was Missouri's uh, defensive line prospect coming out of that draft. He was there, and we brought this up to Kevin Green, who proceeded to cut a promo on us for bringing yeah. up the fact that he was in the, in the ring. He F-bombed us up and down and uh, <laughs> just told us to get the F out of here with that. And I'm like, come on, Kevin. You're so bring that up. He commented on your status about wrestling. He says he's a wrestling geek. <laughs> And he comment, he cut a promo on us for even bringing okay. it up in a, in a football environment.
0: Yeah, you know, Kevin was – you know, Kevin, Kevin looked the part, you know, with the wild hair and everything and the way he talked. But, all honestly, Kevin is one of the straight-laces guys I've ever met. He's kind of a military man, just uh, everything lined up. It's, it's kind of funny because his persona doesn't really represent who he really is.
2: Yeah, that's well, it. On to, yeah, who were some of your favorite wrestlers back in the day? I mean, you're sitting there with Triple H and Razor Ramon. I mean, of course, Sting. You said you talked to Hulk Hogan at a Super Bowl. Who are some of your favorites?
0: Uh, well, you know, I'd go way back. i go back to, you know, of course, Ric Flair is probably everybody's favorite in some type of way. But, I, I mean, I also like guys like Steve, uh, uh, Steamboat. Uh, I love with him and Jay Youngblood teamed up. Uh, I was a big fan of Nikita Koloff. Also. Oh,
1: we, we just had him on a couple oh, really? weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, we just had him yeah, on the show. I mean, he's awesome, yeah. I thought, he's, I, I thought he was from Russia for real. Uh, yeah, he's he's from Minneapolis. He's a big Vikings fan from Minneapolis. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, It's kind
0: of funny because I guess it's a whole point to make you kind of believe into the character. But, um, you know, I've hung out with guys like The Rock. Uh, hung, and I really like The Rock. I think he's a nice guy. D'Lo Brown, uh, who was Mark Henry, you know they came up to our um, complex when I was at Pittsburgh, and we just had a, a great time with those guys. And you know later on, me and Rock had um, dinner, and I went to see the show. And uh, I mean, you meet a lot of guys. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, yeah, those guys, are my favorite. Um, I kind of like Bret Hart. I just thought Bret Hart was excellent. So there's a lot of guys that I, I liked. I mean, um, I look back at a lot of them still now just to kind of be entertained.
1: Well, and you you think about the lifestyle that so many of them lived and so many that are, are not here I mean, in the last few years, losing guys like Dusty Rhodes, Roddy Piper. You talk about being a fan of the NWA from back in the day. Just, oh, yeah. I, I mean, Mr. Perfect and, and Rick Rude. And I mean, so many guys are no longer with us. It would take so long to even go through the list. I mean, and just looking at the Chris Benoit documentary, I don't know if you've seen it yet, just kind of oh, yeah. your take on the dark side of the business. I mean, something that we don't really think of as fans. And then right. t- the guys put their bodies on the line, and then all of a sudden they get in these situations where they're, you know, having to take drugs and, you know, they have you know, problems later on. I mean, it's, that's kind of the dark yeah. side of it, and it's, it sucks as a fan.
0: Well, it's a, it's a crazy business. I, and I think they're doing a better job. You're not really hearing about a lot of wrestlers who are just dying, but at one point in time, uh, several guys who are under the age of forty, and it's really I think the work schedule and guys are hurt, but they know they don't, you know, they don't perform. Then there's somebody's going to take their spot, and it's just unfortunate that that those guys are just worked to death, and just the mental and physical strain that your body goes through, and and it's, you know, I can see why there's a, probably a lot of mental health issues with wrestling back in the day. And, you had to be a pretty tough customer to get through all that. But I have to mention that Dusty Rose, I love Dusty Rose. I didn't know he came up with so many of the concepts that they still do use in wrestling today. I mean Star K was his idea. Um, the bunkhouse. I think the bunkhouse the bunkhouse something.
1: So, bunkhouse Stampede, yeah. Yeah,
0: man. And war mean, games. War, war games. Game. Yeah, Dusty was kind of a he was kind of a genius when it came to concepts of wrestling.
1: Well, and and think of it from this perspective because like, um, you know, around that time, uh, you know, think of it from, from, from a race perspective. I mean, you, uh, you had a lot of territories back when you were coming up, you had a guy, you had guys in certain territories, African-American stars, like a junkyard dog that would come around. But for someone like you, uh, w- w- there, you know, it was maybe fewer and far between. So was it harder to k- kind of find someone, kind of that that you would that you related to? Someone like Dusty Rhodes, though, yeah. was like he he could be any race. He was he was black, he was white, he was everything. You know, so w- yeah, was he- that kind of about what drew you into wrestling too? was just kind of the relatability and th- to the characters?
0: Well, definitely so. And they were just bigger than life. I mean, Dusty Rhodes, hearing him on the microphone, was amazing. I mean, to hear Rick Flo- uh, Ric Flair, I mean, Rick Flair. Definitely has so. but there were guys that in my day, really the only guys that I saw was um, Rufus R you know, Rufus R. Jones. Yeah. Fred Train Jones. Uh and then Rocky Hessa, and then Pepsi was it, Pez Wiley. Those yep. guys. Yep. I mean, then Ernie Ladd would come into the territory every once in a while. You know, people would visit, but it would be like a short visit. Junkyard. I mean Bush Reed that I, I I saw those guys on documentaries, uh, but I just like the—I love the characters of it. I love the energy. Uh, I love the stories that they told. It was amazing. And I mean, with a guy like me who had just tremendous big imagination, imagination just kind of played into, um, played into me. I just enjoyed it.
2: Well, what would you think of Hulk Hogan? You said you met him, and then uh, in 1996, he turns heel, and there's the formation of the NWO and uh, the Monday Night Wars, the Attitude Era in WWF at the time. Just what would you think of that whole time and era uh, during your playing days?
0: I thought the whole Hulk Hogan turning to Hollywood was a genius, man. Whoever thought of that, man, that was just great. And Hulk Hogan did a fabulous job of being a Hollywood Hogan because, you know, as an adult, you really don't care for Hogan. It seemed, it seemed cartoonish, didn't seem real. And then when he changed into that character, <laughs> it was great, man. thought he did a good job being the heel. He really played that up pretty well. Uh,
1: did, did you ever uh, Did you ever run into or talk to uh, Ron Simmons at all? I mean, he was the first black WCW champion, all-American at Florida State, a tremendous athlete, goes on to be Farouk. Did you ever cross paths with him? I-
0: I never met the guy. Really? Uh, but I was a big, I was a big fan though. Yeah. Because I mean, he was the first African American to yep. win the um, to win the title, and so that was huge. I mean, his background, football background. I'm sure me and Ron Simmons would be great friends that we ever met, but I've never met him though. But uh, he did a he did a good job representing African Americans, and I'm sure it wasn't easy for him going into that environment and. You know, performing the way he did. But one of my favorite tag teams was Doom, and I think they really are underrated. Didn't get a lot of respect. But I end up uh, developing a friendship with Booker T from Harlem Heat, and I I, I, I remember them when they were like the Ebony Experience or the Ebony Connection, and I remember like, man, this is like this is a good team. And when they went to WCW, they dominated. They really shouldn't have changed the belts as many times as they did. I think they won it like ten times. But honestly, it was really nobody other than I think they were the best taxi of um, all time. I really did
1: I love Doom, uh, Hacksaw Butch yes. Reed. He's from uh, you know around these parts in Missouri. His yes. uh, family's kind of from around here, so I, I knew uh, his brother Mark Reed was uh, played played sports with my dad growing up. So I kind of knew of Butch, and he was around the area. He played football down down here in Oklahoma. So I love that tag team. It was weird they are under hoods, and then it was it just made so much more sense when they uh, they were unmasked. I mean those I mean the back then WCW had Steiner Brothers, Midnight Express, Rock Roll Express, yes. Freebirds, and Doom that was some great tag team stuff that uh, the WWF really wasn't even doing back then. So I was oh, kind of a fan incredible. of both. So yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. I, I was, you know,
0: I was, I liked the midnight express too. Yeah. I I, did. I I really liked the midnight express, man. I mean, um, I think beautiful Bobby probably doesn't get the credit he deserves as an in ring performer. I think, man, he, he was innovative. I mean, he was jumping off Tom rope before a lot of guys was. So I mean, He's an incredible athlete. He really was. So, uh, yeah. I tell you, man, I go far back. I really do. You
1: do, yeah. And especially coming from where you did, the fact that uh, that you were in the kind of that uh, the mid uh, mid continent area where the Crockett promotions and all that mid Atlantic so like, mid Atlantic yeah. yeah. So the, yeah. when the Crockett promotions were going strong, so we do got to bring this up because uh, obviously we've had you on our show before talking about you know your football career, very important. But you 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 recently. Uh, were uh, involved. You're now in the Ring of Honor at Clemson as of a few months yes. ago. Just What a, What an honor. Clemson, of course, uh, the last time we talked to you, win, wins the national title. They come up just short uh, this year, of course. Um, uh, LSU was just such a buzzsaw, but what was the emotions for you getting to be a part of that Ring of Honor at Clemson?
0: Well, you know, coming up, I, you, never, you never think that something like that would actually happen. And when it did happen, it was such a surprise because you know, I wasn't really thinking about it at all. And I remember Tim Beret calling me <laughs> and how I was just shocked <laughs> when he called because I thought it was maybe just, hey, Lebron, we need for you to do this. Can you do an interview? But he, he told me that I was a part of the ring of Honor. I actually called him back because I didn't quite believe him. <laughs> and then I had a friend of mine to call him back again. So I called him like three times to, make, to confirm that that I was actually a part of the uh, Ring of Honor. And was just great, man, because there's, there's been so many great players at Clemson. And, you know, I think about my mother and father. And they're no longer with us. Uh, my wife is no longer with us. And, you know, I hope that they were able to look down and, and see that our, our name was on the stadium. And, you know, I think it's very cool because I just remember my father telling me one time that he never thought, you know, a son of his would be going to Clemson. And I, you know, I asked him why he thought that way. But, you know, he had a legitimate, you know, a, a legitimate reason. And the reason why is because, you know, at the time, African-Americans couldn't walk through the front door. We couldn't drink from the same water fountain. So back then, he had good reason to think so. So it's kind of cool that now his last name is on that same
2: that's great, Levon. I mean, we got a kick out of seeing that, and so we're so happy for you. Very well deserved. And uh, before you. we, yeah, and before we let you go, we just got to ask, kind of where the wrestling business kind of stands for you today? Are you still a fan? Do You watch WWE uh, WrestleMania was just a few weeks ago, and then uh, AEW is coming on the rise and a really strong program with Chris Jericho over there. Uh, where does it stand for you today? Are you still a big fan?
0: Uh, I'm. I'm always a fan. I mean, I definitely always watch, you know, WrestleMania. I tell people man I'm always gonna the, the two things I'm always gonna watch cartoons I'm always going to watch wrestling so <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, I think I, I would like for them to especially with the wwe I wish it was so scripted. I, I wish they would let the wrestlers really show their personality more and that's what I loved about it and the especially in the uh, attitude area. And back, you know, you talking about four horsemen, you know, late '80s or so, mid '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people—they—they they really told the story well, and they really were able to make it believable and authentic. I think sometimes it's a little dry, and it's kind of like, okay, this is all written out. I would, I would, I would wish they let—I would wish they would let it go, though. I love when CM Punk did the, you know, the pipe bomb or the mic bomb or whatever he did. And he sat there and they just let him go. I mean, people watch it not just for the wrestling, per se, but they watch it for the promos and the telling of the stories. And I just hope they never get too bogged down and trying to control it too much. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's a very interesting. I'm just great to get your perspective, LeVon. Man, it's been too long. We'll have to come back. You know, whenever things like sports and things return to normal, we'll, we'll have to have you on to talk some uh, football, hopefully talking about the college and pro football seasons coming up. We just are very hopeful that things get back to normal, but it was great to get your perspective on another thing we hold dear, and that is the wrestling business. LeVon, you're the best. Thanks so much, my friend.
0: Uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: You bet. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take care, my friend. Great to catch up with our friend LeVon Kirkland It's a wrestling, man. He goes way back. He even is a fan of one of our former guests, Nikita Koloff, the Russian Nightmare. Um, great to catch up with LeVon, man. He knows what's up in the wrestling world, doesn't he?
2: He absolutely does. And just talking about that, I mean, he thought Nikita Koloff was Russian. He's like, man, I bought into that 100%. I guess that's what they're paid to do. But, man, I thought he was Russian. But, no, he's just up there in Minnesota being a Vikings fan. And so it was kind of great to hear that, that he didn't know that. He thought he was Russian. So it's always great to catch up with other wrestling fans, especially someone that played in the NFL and was a great middle linebacker on those Steelers teams. I remember thinking like, what is that defensive tackle doing at linebacker? That makes no sense, it, but he's a linebacker. He's just a giant linebacker. And I loved that. I love unique kind of builds and different styles of linebacker in running backs. I mean, the Jerome Bettises and Natron means just giant backs. I had never seen that before. So I love the uniqueness of that. And, Of course, he went into the Clemson Ring of Honor, so I was very happy to see that. Like you said, we've had him on the show before talking about his uh, football playing days, but now we just bring him on as a wrestling fan, and of course, he still stays in touch with it, still stays in tune with it, watches WrestleManias and big events like that, so it's always great to catch up with uh, people that uh, come from different worlds that are wrestling fans and this one from the NFL.
1: Big thanks to Levon Kirkland. Thank you guys for joining us here, talking a little wrestling. We're going to keep things going here on the Main Event Podcast. You've heard some of our interviews, whether it be David Penzer, Ricky Morton, Nikita Koloff. We've been rolling them out. Hope you'll subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Any way you choose to take in your podcast, we got your back here on the Main Event. We will be back with some more pertinent wrestling topics next week.